and welcome to another jam-packed edition of the municipals rising taxes are probably a reality i'm a big advocate of change not change for change's sake change when something isn't working i'm sure the ndp wishes that they had a less embarrassing federal partner to work with right now don't vote can't pitch the moment we go to an election is the end of prime minister justin trudeau And welcome to another episode of the Municipals. I'm Matthew. And I'm Philip. Oh, Philip. What a year we've already had. You know, it wouldn't be this time of year without a scandal coming out of the Prime Minister's office. Over, yeah. over, dun, 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 his vacation. Isn't this the third year in a row? What, that there's a scandal of vacation or a vacation? No, that he's lying about who's paying for the vacation. I just think... Uh, I mean, at this point, why doesn't he just say, yeah, yeah, I, uh, the taxpayers are paying for my vacation. Fuck you guys. At this point. I mean, why not? <laughs> because there's no good answer for him. You know, it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, his friends paid for it. Ah, it's corruption. The taxpayers for it. Ah, the the taxes, whatever. There's I, I don't know how much there juice out of another vacation scandal there really is out of, you know, getting anything out of the prime minister. You know what I can't figure out is this is the second time his plane malfunctioned. Well, that's true. He's just got a shit plane. I thought he got a brand new one. How is is this the brand new one or is this the old one? I have no idea. I didn't because even know is... I didn't even know he was in Jamaica until it was in the newspapers. I had heard about him being in Jamaica, but uh again, I thought especially after the India trip, I thought he swapped out that plane. I don't know. Wonders never cease. I I don't I don't get it. Um well, it's technically it's just I so guess comfortable. It's just got all his cocaine in it, you know? Like what are you going to do? <laughs> technically <laughs> Um, he, so let's set the record straight though. Is, is he supposed to, uh, theoretically, is he supposed to pay for the vacation himself? Can he accept uh, a gift if like, if somebody else pays for it or how, how is he supposed to, what is well, the right way of handling that is what I'm asking. Well, so that's the thing. He, he went through the ethics, the office of the ethics commissioner, but here's the thing. If you already believe that, you know, he's a corrupt dipshit, then you're just going to assume that the ethics commissioner is also a corrupt dipshit. You know what I mean? So it, it doesn't matter if he goes through the proper channels. People are still going to look at him as a corrupt dipshit. Exactly. And, you know, <laughs> while we're on the topic of uh, because I, I think we're going to end municipally because, as I've been telling you, I got lots to say. but. One more thing federally. Uh, I saw an article. Yes, it was in the sun. I'm guilty as charged. That said it was like an end of year interview that Jagmeet Singh did. And he was saying that, well, in the next election, there will be no coalition. But but what I'm trying to figure out is who he's talking to. What what message is he trying to send? Does he honestly believe in his head 
that the NDP have a chance to form government in the next election. Regardless if he thinks that or not, you know he has to say that. He is he is the leader of, of a federal political party. Regardless if he's, you know, if if it's realistic or not, he has to say that. Why? Because he's insane. <laughs> I don't know. Um, how, like, what happens? You go into the election and just be like, hey, guys, you know, I think what we're really going for is maybe an extra 20 seats, you know, boost up our numbers. Like, nobody wants to hear that. No partisan person wants to hear that. The Even if it's a lie, you got to shoot for the win. It's just for, for me, you know, this would be the part where he would come out and say to the people, I fucked up. I'm sorry. I'm ending the coalition. I'm distancing myself from the Liberal Party. You can take me seriously as a leader. I want to help you guys. If we get elected, here is what will happen instead of what I tried to make happen with this coalition, which is the only reason I joined it. And he would ha- outline what the party would do. I mean, why what would that do for what would that do for the NDP, though? Like, I know uh, he would try to set himself up for the next election is is my point. He can't do anything about it now. No, he's listen. Politically, it's not going to work for him, but it's insane to me for anyone to think that anyone would give the NDP respect for shooting us into an election. Conservatives would appreciate it. They would say, oh, that was very kind of you, Jagmeet, and the NDP. And they'll say something about how they respect the NDP as an institution. But they'll never get any votes from it. They won't get any support from it. All they're doing is opening the door for a Pierre Polyev government, which will do nothing that the NDP, the party, wants to happen. So I don't. I know conservatives in their mind are thinking like, oh, the NDP can do the right thing and drop their support. And it's like, no, because they are pushing the liberals in a certain direction, which they won't be able to do under majority Polyev's government. God, it's going to fucking suck when it's a majority government that's conservatives. Holy shit. So, so just, just to be clear, you are not only predicting a conservative when you're predicting a, ma- a majority government for the. Conservative. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Interesting. And it's going to fucking suck. That's, how many, that's all I'm going to say. Do you think that the liberals will get more or less than 20 seats? They'll survive. They won't lose party status. Not, They'll not survive. like the Ontario liberals. No, God, no, <laughs> no, no, no. The liberals will survive. But what about what about the NDP? I think. Um, and here's I mean, here's the interesting thing. Despite all the things that I said, and I still hold true all of that. That, you know, if if they're going to blow up the coalition, it's going to be for their own reasons uh, and not because a conservative uh, constituency is saying we'll respect you for it. Respect means nothing, by the way. You get nothing with respect. So, um, oh, I don't know. It's just. I don't know what their, their strategy should be, but it's just it's not blowing up the the coalition just because. Things aren't moving at the pace they want them to. I would just think that Jagmeet would want to be honest. You know, politicians as a whole, they have shown us that they are allergic to the truth. And that's, well, yeah. that's across the board. I'm not, 
I'm not protecting the conservatives. They're also allergic to the truth. Well, what do you mean? We we all love the extraordinary folks who capture our lightning from the sky and power our TVs with it with their bare hands. Uh. I just just so we're all clear, I know Pierre Polyev isn't being literal when he says stupid shit like that, but also at the same time. Could he have a little bit of fucking respect for the people he's trying to swindle? God damn it. The only thing that I'll say about Pierre, and it's it's the thing I've said before, he's rather entertaining. I hate him so much. <laughs> I mean, but they all, oh, they're all so, oh, this federal government, I swear to God. <laughs> no, but if you all... put, so if you put Polyev up against like Aaron O'Toole, Andrew Shear, he's more entertaining than the than them too. But I, you know what, and I I say this now, and it's not fair because I I would not have said this when Aaron O'Toole was the leader, but I did get the sense that there is a respectability to Aaron O'Toole that absolutely does not exist with Polly Polyev, and super did not exist with Andrew Shear. Oh fuck that guy! That that dude was a dweeb. Like, um, I'm not big into Aaron O'Toole's military bona fides. I don't care about that stuff. But, like, he's, he seemed like he wanted to have, like, a respectful election. And I, I don't get the sense that that's what we're going to get with a, a Polyev-led. And, you know, don't get me wrong. They're going to win. It's going to fucking suck. And they're going to win. But, like, fuck. I mean, and so, of course, I, I imagine some people listening to here to, to me saying... A lot of people going, oh, of course he wants conservatives to be respectful. Uh, clearly, that's not working for conservatives to win. But, like, fuck. God damn it, Aaron. Why did you have to drop the ball? <laughs> I think we'd probably be... What if Aaron O'Toole won a conservative minority government in that election? Actually, you know what? No, they probably would have already been toppled if it was because who who would who would back up a conservative minority? The Bloc Québécois, maybe. I, and I think it would depend on the individual policy. I don't think it'd be quite as uh like strong and set as the. I'm I'm using those terms loosely. I don't really mean it in a positive way. I just mean that it's been untouched. The coalition between the Liberals and the NDP. Like, again, if it were the block, I think it would be case by case. Um, with your, yeah, your, which is with your guy. What's his name? Uh, Blanchette. 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 Yeah. He, you listen, love that that guy. dude, I do like weirdly. I don't know what my problem <laughs> is, but he needs to, he needs to look for candidates outside of Quebec. And I'm telling you, uh, Scarborough Southwest is looking for a black Quebecois candidate like me, a man who speaks no French. That's awesome. <laughs> so is there anything else you wanted to talk about federally before we move on? I don't really have anything provincially other than, you know, the countdown still waits for the resignation of liberal leader Bonnie Crombie as Mississauga mayor. That's well, it. I don't have you heard of um, I don't. I don't particularly know if there's anything suspicious or weird about it, but um, so the Ontario Liberals posted 
a fundraising, I don't know, total of 1.2 or 1.4 million for the year, which is like an insane fundraising total. But I remember getting the email on like December 30th, December 31st. Remember, everyone, I am secretly and I say secretly, except that it's not because I'm reminding you all and I've said it out loud before. I am an Ontario, a registered member of the Ontario Liberal Party for the sole intention to vote against Bonnie Crombie as leader, which I failed to do, by the way. <laughs> so uh, so I get some of these emails. I get the um, the Ontario Liberal Party uh, emails and I had, I thought their fundraising was at like 800,000 like a night before New Year's. I have no idea. So. Um, some of those fundraising numbers do seem very strange. And just in general, I don't understand the enthusiasm for Bonnie Crombie as the leader. Like she didn't, I mean, it didn't take her long to win the leadership. I think it was only like two rounds, but people assumed it would be like a first round sweep for Bonnie. Uh, that's not what happened. Uh, I don't know. I just, uh, why are we supposed to be excited about this Ontario liberal party? Well, apparently, you know, I'm not sure that we should be because I don't know if we've spoken about this before. This is rather uh, like within the last month. I read something. I'm not sure. I, I can't fucking remember where I read it. I don't know if it was on <laughs> Twitter or somewhere else, but somebody is predicting. Okay. Cause the conservatives are, are right of center. Bonnie Crombie wants to move the liberals to right of center. So they're predicting a vote split and they're predicting the NDP is going to form the next Ontario government. You know what? I I would find that so hilarious if the Ontario Liberals faltering because they're trying so hard to be the Conservatives. God, that'd be so funny. I would uh, I would enjoy that. I don't know that I would be on board with an Ontario uh, uh, NDP government based on everything that's happened since Merritt Stiles has taken on. Uh, well, taken well, that's became the leader. And I'm and talking it sucks yeah, because the there's no there's no competition for that leadership race. I will bring that up forever. It really sucked that like Merritt Stiles could have very well been the best leader the NDP could have brought up. I would have loved for that to have been a competition instead of simply the result. You got me. So with that, you know, we were going to first off, let me start with saying that Life happened for Philip and I once again. We didn't get to record before we went on Christmas uh, a vacation, if you can call it that. <laughs> <laughs> so we did uh, do the poll like we promised. So people voted uh, the winner of Councillor of the Year uh, being um, Councillor Myers, Councillor Jamal Myers, over um, who else was there? Alejandro Bravo and... Um, the Nightmare, Paul Ainsley. Paul Ainsley. Now, I was excited because when I placed my little votey with my grubby little hands, uh, I voted for Alejandra Bravo, and she was winning. And I was like, my choice is winning. Uh, and then Jamal Myers decided I'm going to win, and he pulled it off. Good for him. And we got less votes for Mayor of the Year, I guess, you know, whatever. Um Olivia Chow won that. So for what it's worth, congratulations to both of you for winning that. Um, <laughs> hopefully, you know, we can always hope for a better voter turnout next year. 
with that being said, we have some stuff we want to cover that took place um, in the beginning of December. We're going to address it again on the show. And of course, I'm talking about Mayor Chow's. What's the word I want to use? Mayor Chow's mission to rename Dundas Street. Uh, I have a newspaper in front of me. Guilty as charged. It is the Toronto Sun. And it is by your favorite boy. You have another oh, boy. Shit, it's a Brian Lilly. God damn it. It's a Brian Lilly. <laughs> I want you to interrupt me when you have something to say, because this is a little bit of a long article. But uh, the, the title is Costly Change. Chow says city's broke, but still wants to rename Dundas. Okay, you know what? Before you begin, I I do want to say, because I, I did have a bit of a conversation with my dad about this, where I think you and I can both agree that there's something, something about politicians who can admit when they're wrong. And, like, that's just an infuriating thing for me personally. Um, not that I'm a politician yet, haha. But, um, You're a political you know, commentator. Yes. And my position on this has always been, I don't mind them talking about it. Um, I don't mind if we reach a point where we, you know, get to where the financials aren't so dire and we can do some more frivolous things like this. Um, and that it's not a problem that we talk about it as long as we, um, you know, embrace the reality that we don't have the money to do it. And then they were like, oh, that's that's a reasonable position, Philip. Uh, we're going to ignore that and we're just going to do it. So oh, can I state my position? Because yes. I completely disagree with you. I know. Uh, well, well, yeah, so th- it's th- obvious. This is my way of saying I'm wrong. And, you know, because what's that's, the, that's egg on my face. What's the point of talking about it if you don't have the money for it? Why aren't we talking about real issues that we can tackle that are more important than changing Dundas Street? What about the 10,000 plus homeless people on the street? Until, the every, is... until every single one of those 10,000 people has a roof over their head. We should never be talking about Dundas Street, Young Street, or any other street that needs to be changed. And that includes um, his cock in Scarborough. That is the name of a street. Remember, we talked about this. His cock Boulevard. We cannot be. Listen, we <laughs> we need something. Like, oh, my God, all the people going, we have to change the name of Old Comer. Shut up. Let us have a little bit of fucking joy in the city. We need a we need a few more covers if you ask me. Also in Scarborough, Skunt Thorpe. Oh, we love Skunt Thorpe. <laughs> All right, so are we ready for this article? Go ahead. All right. So, again, interrupt me when you want to say something. Uh the city's coffers may be empty and Mayor Olivia Chow may be begging for the federal government for to the federal government for a bailout but that doesn't mean that we won't spend millions to rename Dundas Street governance at city hall isn't driven by reality it's driven by ideology originally pegged at 6 million then 8.6 million and now 12.7 million just in city costs the price quick, to re- quick pause quick pause quick pause 
Um, Let me just finish the sentence. The, okay. the, the price to rename Dundas Street has ballooned. Go ahead. I truly hate to hear from Brian Lilly. Uh, now, again, this isn't this is an opposition to anything he's written so far, except for him to say, oh, well, this government is running on ideology. When John Tory was running everything into the ground because he didn't want to he wanted to be cheap and not spend money on like cleaning up our garbage. Is that not also running on an ideology? Just because you agree with it doesn't make it not an ideology. It's all ideology. We're well, all functioning since you brought on it up, ideology. Since you brought it up, let me ask you. Uh, John Tory's ideology, where does that fall on the political scale? He used to be a conservative. I don't think he is anymore. I think he's a Why liberal. Not? No, I think I, he's... I think, I think he's, he's cheap. He, he doesn't want to spend money and... Uh, he is a conservative. No, I think he's a liberal. Why do you think that? Because he embodies everything I, I don't like about a politician. And that's usually liberal. Yeah. I'm sorry, but it's true. And while we're on the topic, how offended are you that this motherfucker is now on the radio station? You God know, damn it. I didn't There's notice no, no such thing as karma in the world. What are you this... talking about, karma? I don't want to hear his voice. Well, let's listen. He did bad. He, he he had to acknowledge that what he did was bad because he resigned. Like he could have sat on his butt and pretended like nothing was wrong. So he clearly knew what he did was wrong, and now he's also getting a radio jockey position. Just let him just. John, have a little bit of humility and retire into the night. Like, God damn it, John. So I got to tell you one little quick story, and then I'll get back to the uh, the the article. So in my work truck, I usually, when, I, when it turns on, it usually has a preset of radio stations. And 1010 is the radio station that pops on all the time until I, you know, I hook up my podcasts or whatever. But um 1010 is all now I've changed it now because I don't want to hear his voice. Um, now it's 1050 sports, whatever. I don't have to listen to John Tory, so I'm happy about that. Um, I think it's it's a shame. 1010, they're reputable, everyone loves them, and then they have to go and and hire John Tory back because like, I know why would they he, do that? he used to be there before, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I just I don't know why they need to do that and. Because wasn't wasn't John Tory called the Red Progressive, or the Red? He was the Red Conservative, which means probably, which means he was half liberal, half conservative, at least. I don't know. He was he was also the one in charge of uh, Kim Campbell's campaign ad where they made fun of uh, uh, John John Chrétien's. Was it Bell's palsy? Is that what he had? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so apparently that was a a John Tory as Kim Campbell's campaign manager bit to make fun of his Bell's palsy. <sighs> That's some conservative ass shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, come on. Giorgio Mammoliti used to be an NDP guy. That's that's true. That's you very true. You, you wouldn't call no him would NDP now, right? No. <laughs> Like that really threw me for a fucking loop, that man. All right, here we go. 
for the city, there has there is the renaming of the street, the changing of the street signs, or quote unquote blades, as the city calls them, and a lot of administrative work. The twelve point seven million cost to rename the street doesn't include the cost to residents and businesses who will have to change signage, promotional materials, legal contracts, and more. Henry Dundas was a Scottish politician who held enormous sway in the British Parliament in the late 1700s and early 1800s. The claim against Dundas is that he delayed the abolition of slavery because he amended a bill to make the abolition gradual rather than immediate. The reality is that without Dundas, the amendment, or sorry, without the amendment from Dundas, what was proposed wouldn't have passed. Blaming Dundas for keeping slavery alive is a form of historical illiteracy because it is not true, but Chow pushes this false narrative as part of her agenda. I'm sure you have something to say to that. Uh, well, there's not much I can say about that, only because I don't I don't know the history to which Brian is referring to. Um, I don't know if he's right in his assessment that they had to delay it or else it wouldn't have gone through at all. Uh, so for like, that's not me saying he's wrong. That's me saying I have no idea. I, I can't push back on him on that, but um, I don't know. I, I also know some of his other opinions. <laughs> that's okay. Oh, no, I'll continue. Before stating her continuing support for renaming Dundas, Chow detailed how destitute the city was without a bailout of federal cash. She said that the city can't afford to run its shelter programs or replace subway cars without federal support. Every And this is a quote. Every night, the shelters are full. More than 200 people are turned away and at least half of them are refugees, Chow said. In another quote, she says, our shelter costs have skyrocketed and we have uh, we have to ask the federal government to support us, to help us pay the bills. Now, my pushback on that would be if we're talking about the shelter hotels, they've figured out that they can charge the city whatever they want. Of course, the costs are going to skyrocket. Well, I... <sighs> I do find that position frustrating because while that's more of a symptom of God, I, I feel like it sounds like it's I'm I'm head of the cloud socialist when I say that's capitalism's fault. But that's exactly that's no. capitalism's fault. <laughs> you see, this is where this is where normally I, I, I would think we can agree that I guess I'm right of center, but I'm not a conservative. But on this issue, I agree a hundred percent with you. That is capitalism. And that is the part of capitalism that sucks. That should not yeah. be allowed. There should be limits. Um, I, I completely agree with you there. That's what makes me not always right of center. See, I, I, move, <laughs> I move around just when you think I'm over here, I'm over here. I'm, I'm very rigid. <laughs> uh, let me see. It's a valid request, just as the request for the federal government to help pay for subway cars is valid. But if you're asking for other levels of government to bail you out, you might want to make sure that you're watching how you spend your own dollars. 
No one who has looked honestly at the historical record would think that in a time of financial crisis, the real priority of the city of Toronto would be to spend close to $13 million to rename a street based on an agenda-driven report. When the move to rename Dundas Street began, council asked city staff to look to which other street or place names would be deemed inappropriate. The report came back with a list of 60 different names. And you and I have gone through this, but they have them here in the article, just a few of them, including Young, uh, Wellesley, Jarvis, Wellington, and Brandt. There Listen, were... The only thing I need to know if on that list is if they've got the old comer there. Nope. What? Uh, well, no, there's a list of 60, but they only highlighted... Those those at plus Dundas Street, one, two, three, four, five others. Keep in mind, I'm both looking for people to be offended by old comer and for me to say I don't want them to get rid of old comer. <laughs> OK, um, there were 12 streets identified in Toronto named after slave owners and even a street named for liberal prime minister. Sir William Laurier was deemed to be in need of renaming. Laurier oversaw some of the most racist immigration laws in Canadian history, perhaps only outdone by fellow liberal William Lyon Mackenzie King. The policies Laurier oversaw included banning black immigration, passing an effective ban on people coming from India and increasing the Chinese head tax from $50 to $500 to stem immigration. Uh, will we rename all of these streets as well? Question mark. Uh, they surely have a worse record than Henry Dundas, but they haven't been singled out by activists. If it would cost $12.7 million for the city to rename Dundas, what, what would the cost... Uh, what would be the cost to rename all 60 streets deemed problematic? Question mark. And if you can't clean the streets, pick up the garbage properly and run the transit system to an acceptable standard. Is this what the city should be spending their money on? Question mark. Uh, Councillor Chris Moyce said Wednesday, renaming Young Dundas Square would be paid for by his own community benefits fund. The renaming of Dundas Station to be renamed Toronto Metropolitan University Station would see the $1.5 million price tag uh, paid for by TMU. I want to stop there. Now, this is a serious question, even though I don't know that I can deliver it without laughing. Be Respectfully, though, <laughs> how much money does it cost to paint over Dundas in the subway and write Toronto Metropolitan University Station? That's one point five million. Yes, because you're here's the thing, because you're not just changing the name of the station there. You're also changing all of the way, way like the waypoints uh, that point towards the station, the names of the station, every other station in the system that has the name uh, Dundas would be changed to. So yeah, I, I understand where that number comes from. Ridiculous. Just for, 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 because you can't, you can't tell me that 1.5, they figure they figure uh, uh, salaries into that because 
TTC already pays their people's salary. Yeah, I, I don't think, no. I don't think that would be a part of that at all. Okay, so the last uh, paragraph. Uh, so municipal taxpayers won't pay for renaming Young Dundas Square, but taxpayers in general will still foot the bill. There is no way for the city to rename Dundas without a massive cost. If the city had the money, that would be one thing. But when it's broke, it makes no sense unless, of course, the reason is to spend $12.7 million to send a virtual signal from City Hall. That isn't worth the cost. And that's the end of the article. I think the worst thing that I can say is, I mean, I feel like my this position isn't a very good position for someone who, who is interested in wanting to get into politics, but... The amount of money, it's a weird justification because keep in mind, I'm actually not for spending the money on changing the name. As I've said, you know, while we don't have the money, we shouldn't be spending this money this way. There's a significant difference between, I want to say, 12.6 million, which in terms of the city budget is a very small number, like relative, you know. Um, and the amount of money that Olivia Chow is asking for, for shelters, um, you know, for refugees and our own homeless. Um, cause I, I think they're asking for something that's like in the hundreds of millions of money for that stuff. So I just, there is an element here of, of there has to be some kind of amount taking into account of, you know, the city can call poverty, ask for money from the federal government, and still spend on some things. Again, as I continue to say, I don't think this is a great use of our money. So l- let me interrupt you for a second, because they did get, uh, they reached some sort of a, a housing yeah uh, uh, um, I'm not sure of the word. Anyway, they got money from the federal government is the yeah. point. Yeah. Now, y- this may be a very basic answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway because i actually don't know what's to stop olivia chow from borrowing from peter to pay paul and Nothing. by that and by that i mean taking a little bit of that housing money and going through with this name change nothing absolutely nothing and yeah we should be concerned about that ultimately that was the issue when it came to uh the provincial governments asking the federal government for more uh no strings cash for health care and the federal government going, could you, well, why don't we make it strings attached and say you had to do it for healthcare? They're like, well, no, because fuck you. Don't give us strings. Just give us the cash. We'll use it on healthcare. We promise. <laughs> Pro- proceed to fucking not. So, like, that's that's not an unfair point to make. Well, you know, while we're talking about housing, I would just want to take a quick timeout. Did you see... Doug Ford's Twitter making the gingerbread house. Yeah, I did. He got slammed. (laughs) Some guy wrote, do you count gingerbread houses uh, like they did for the long-term home care beds? beds. (laughs) Holy shit. And even then, it's not like he's building gingerbread houses at an adequate rate. I don't like the guy, but I mean, that's the nice thing that he that he did to do the the gingerbread house. You know, I do that with my kids every year. But listen, I don't like the guy, but I'm glad he swallowed that bee. So <laughs> you, 
that is your your iconic moment, isn't it? That's... it it's going to last me until the day he dies. <laughs> oh. Okay, so so they got money. Um, and then I think it was at a, a few days after this, they decided they were going to rename the square. They were going to rename the stations. They're going to rename a library. But they're going to put off renaming Dundas Street for now. Which yeah, means yeah, yeah. That, that that's just a, this is too much at once. We're still going to do it because I believe they're going to do it. But we're right. not going to do it right now. Well, and I can't be the one to say to you, oh, Matthew, they're being reasonable. They're not going to spend the money while they don't have it because they've just shown me that they will spend the money when they don't have it. So so, <laughs> so they renamed Young Dundas Square, which, I mean, everyone's just going to call it Young and Dundas. Do they not realize that? How many people do we have in this city that still refer to Rogers Center <laughs> as the Sky Dome? I was going to say... <laughs> That's so, it that's literally the big thing. It's it's the Sky Dome, you know, like so they and 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 also the ACC, not the Scotiabank Arena. Oh the yeah. ACC. God, fuck that. Um so they renamed the square St. Coffa Square. S A N O F A. I'm not sure what it means. A, a, a lot of people are pissed off by it. I should have read I read the meaning but I can't remember what it was. Um so I mean, why couldn't we have sold the rights? There's your money. You need hmm. to make more money. The city's broke, right? Who Sell would you the... have wanted to? Who would have you sold those rights to? Can you imagine if it was like the N- Nike Square or Reebok <laughs> Square or Shit, what's his name from uh, the Shark Tank? Kevin Kevin O'Leary. Yeah. Oh fuck, O'Leary Square. <laughs> or even you know I Square, Apple. That'd be so funny. There's your there's your next product, Apple, I square, and I only want twenty five percent of the profits. <laughs> Add also like a ten percent consulting fee on that. That's right. So I did a thing this week, Philip, because I am irritated by this Dundas Street. As I told you, man, I, I deliver and I see the homeless people, and it really pisses me off. And in doing what I'm about to, to talk about, you know, I came up with a little bit of an idea or the makings of an idea. Uh, maybe that's something we can run with. I don't know, but go with me here. So I emailed and, and I mean, I sent you everything, but we haven't talked about it. Uh, I emailed every single. You know what? Let's take a break and uh, we'll come back on the other side and we'll get into it. And we're back. And uh, we had to take a quick uh, break there. We were almost out of time, so I apologize for that. But as I was saying, uh, so I did a thing. I sent an email to every city councilor, aside from two, and the mayor. I sent, uh, well, basically, I sent the same email. It's a little different uh, for the mayor's. But I'm going to read it. And uh, we got some responses. And I'll tell you who responded. Then I, I want you to guess uh, if you can guess who, who responded first. So as I told you, I heard from uh, Councillor Robinson. 
Counselor Crisanti, Counselor Pasternak, Counselor Sachs, and Counselor Moise. Who do you think I heard from first? If you had to guess. If I, I mean, that's, I mean, that's a pretty solid response, right? To be honest, as I've, I've sent some emails to uh, our city councilors in the past, and I know I've not heard anything from anyone. So who would I like to give credit to here? Um, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to toss it out in my mind to random happenstance. And I'm going to guess, uh, Pasternak was your first response. And you would be correct. And I swear I never told him that, guys. Yes. Uh, I heard from Counselor Pasternak. Now, I didn't email everybody at once in the same chain email. I don't do that. What I did was I sent the same email, but individually to every counselor, except, like I said, for two. Now, I'm going to address it right off the top. The two I didn't send the email to are new War 20 counselor, Parthi Candival, because I don't know if he was there for all of this yeah i don't know if he had like i know he he had his first council meeting in december he was a part of all that um but i don't really know like you're right i i don't know if this is something we can throw him under the bus for and this is the only time i'm going to address this and i'll say it because i'm not afraid i speak the truth and that is um i didn't send an email to uh ward 21 counselor michael thompson because i will not uh I, I will not communicate with him. I will not acknowledge him. Uh, he's currently uh, charged with two counts of sexual assault. If, in fact, he beats the charges or the witness recants or for whatever reason, he's found not guilty. Not only will I issue a public apology, but I'll issue a written one as well. And I'm happy to do that. Until that point, I will not address him. I will not acknowledge him. That's just the way it is. If you don't like it, I apologize. Anyway, let's read Counselor Pasternak's. So I'll read what I wrote. And it's again, it's the same email that I wrote to everybody. Uh, Hi, Counselor Pasternak. Happy New Year. I'm writing you this email to ask about the Dundas Street renaming. Why is it a top priority for this council to rename Dundas Street the square a library, and two subway stations when the city is self-admittedly broke. I do not understand why council would pursue this when we have homeless people on the street in overwhelming numbers and no plan in place to get them housing. Why is the city not enticing rooming houses to provide shelter for homeless so they can get on their feet? Please know that this is a topic I will be discussing on the next episode of the Municipals on Spotify. I look forward to your response, and you are welcomed on the show anytime. So, Councillor Pasternak wrote, Dear Matthew, thank you for this email and reaching out. The move to rename Dundas Street, Dundas Square, two subway stations, and the library was misguided policy from the onset. The, peti the petition... That, that came to council with this request was deeply suspect and less than half of the names signed were residents in Toronto. I did not support it from the beginning. The staff report that came to council was not a balanced piece, but rather a biased work driven by the third party consultant that had an agenda. 
Originally, the costs uh, originally cost for the name changes was grossly understated, although it would be unfair to say that it was intentional. There was an absence of consultation. Businesses and residents along Dundas Street were never formally consulted on the name change and that the City of Toronto street renaming policy for 75% approval was not adhered to. The telling of the story of Henry Dundas was deeply suspect and many academics strongly disagree with how he was portrayed. I was one of the few councillors who voted against this process from the beginning. I told the former mayor that this was an ill-fated policy. The costs were shocking. The history was dubious. And there was an almost uh, total lack of proper public consultation. While it is getting more difficult to change direction now, I will continue to monitor the situation and see what options there are to reverse course. Sincerely, James Pasternak, Councillor Ward 6. Your thoughts? I mean, it's, it's you know, uh, it is what it is. I sort of feel like the opposition slash support for will come down to whether or not you believe um, the history or not. And, uh, like, I think I'm saying it very, I'm saying it middle of the road because I haven't looked into the history myself. You know okay. what I mean? Okay, but maybe we can have a... A hypothetical discussion because you're a lefty you've said that yeah. i guess i'm a righty i go fuck i don't know on on some issues <laughs> would the best thing be in toronto specifically let's let's just stick with toronto for now if if there's something we don't like if it didn't age well in history just whitewash it just 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 put a new name on it and let's... well then ultimately here's the problem um well, it's multiple problems, right? But it's the the same meeting where they announced that they were going to change the name of Dundas because, you know, Dundas is so problematic. They're also choosing to, and again, keep in mind, this isn't me dumping on the guy that you have a lot of respect for, but there's, but a lot of people do have, like, objections to who Rob Ford was, you know, how he behaved in politics. Absolutely. And for us to right at this exact moment go, we're going to name that after Rob Ford, knowing that how long until we're going to go, wait, but those bad things, remember? Like, why are we, why are we honoring him now? At the same time, change the name of something else when we're like, well, that's dubious history. Absolutely. I, and I completely agree with you. You know, when Rob Ford was going through the things, I, I'm a big Rob Ford fan. I was then. I am now. I would say, listen, everyone's entitled to a personal life. Yeah. He, did, did he fuck up? Absolutely. Is he still a good mayor? Yes, was my answer. Did he let us know that he had enough to eat at home? Of course he did. And that's what we loved him for. You know, that had to be one of the two greatest <laughs> clips for uh, CP24. The other one being when uh, Mike Tyson told that guy to go fuck himself. What was that? that? Um, the guy was Nathan Downer. Uh, he used to work for CP24. He's a black guy. 
And he said that uh, Mike Tyson's like, go fuck yourself or something like that. And then Nathan oh Downer's like, we're on live TV. If you look it up, look it up on YouTube. You'll find it. I'll, I'll look it up after we do this. <laughs> some, some of the greatest hits on CP24. Oh, my God. But yeah, so that's that's like. Regardless of where you stand on the need to rename Dundas. It's the fact that they're doing it at the exact same time as naming another facility after someone we know we already personally view as problematic. Absolutely. And I agree with you. But I also take issue with the word you used. You said you said need. We don't need to rename any street. Well, you know what I mean? I know. I know. That's the just that's the lesson. <laughs> I can't you can't help it. <laughs> so now I'm going to read Counselor Moise's response. He says, hello, Matt. Good morning. Thanks for taking the time to write and share your comments. Renaming Young Dundas Square and Dundas Station are at no cost to the city as they are paid for respectively through community benefits, which were specifically secured a few years ago for rename for the renaming of the square and by Toronto Metropolitan University. Let's stop for a second. A few years ago. So they already had this in the pipeline? Yeah. So why why are they making it sound like it's a... So if if Councillor Moyes is right, and I'm not, uh, I'm not here to say that he's right or wrong. What? You, you cut out for there for a second. Can you start over your, your thought? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my thought is, if Christopher... Or sorry, if Councillor Moyes is correct... And this money is money they've secured, um, you know, from other sources that aren't from the city funds. Why are they not loudly banging that drum? Like, why are they letting us believe that this is coming out of city coffers, um, you know, while we're begging for money from the provincial and federal governments? Because I. Well, this is the money just specifically for the square. Oh, okay. So that does make it more complicated because, of course, it's the funds beyond that would not just be for the square, right? Right. Okay. But, but you can rename the square if you needed to, still leaving Dundas Street. Just because well, it's not Dundas just do Square, it doesn't have to be, like I said, it could be, you know, Reebok Square or I See, because that, that one does seem like it would need to be cheaper. You'd still need to pay for a lot of Wayfair um like positions and stuff but it wouldn't be as crazy as expensive as changing up the ttc system for example true and then he goes on to say the jane dundas library renaming has already been underway and is within the toronto public library's capital budget and Dundas West Station will be renamed as part of the city's 10-year capital plan. Overall, the net cost to the city is about $700,000. Uh, the city then established a 20-person recognition review committee, advisory committee, or sorry, community advisory committee, apologize, um, in the fall of 2021, composed of Black and Indigenous leaders, as well as other residents and business owners from the Dundas Street area, co-chaired by Elder 
Catherine Tomorrow and Dr. Melanie Newton, the committee was given the task of developing a short list of new names. Following two years of consultation, discussion, and research, the CAC unanimously selected the name Sankofa Square for Young Dundas Square on December 12th, 2023. The Indigenous leaders on the committee recognize the significance of this decision as it pertains to the legacy of the transatlantic slave trade and support and supported the proposed name as it resonates with the history and experiences of the Black community in Toronto. To your point, city is currently going through a fiscal crisis. The city has several priorities to balance at the moment, housing being priority number one. The mayor and city council have been laser focused on housing. Earlier this year, Councillor Moyce convened bi-weekly task force meetings with city department heads to ensure city staff stay on top of the encampment and prioritize Allen Gardens. Since those meetings began, Councillor Moyce has secured three teams of 24-7 security in the park, a community safety team, and an encampment trailer on the south side of the park for city housing workers to operate from. Councillor Moyce has also made sure that the anti-encroachment bylaw is enforced on the west side of the park, where there are currently no tents, so that we can focus on clearing the encampment on the east side permanently. The city has adopted a housing first approach for Allen Gardens differing from previous actions at Lamport Stadium and Trinity Bellwoods Park. City staff and our community outreach partners are diligently working every day to connect the individuals at Allen Gardens with vital health and social services indoor accommodations, and permanent housing options in an effort to limit the growth of the encampment and return the park back to the public. By the way, if you have anything to say, you can interrupt me. No, you're good so far. You're good. Okay. Also, City Council is not moving forward with renaming Dundas Street at this time. Councillor Moise's motion called for a pause to that work given the financial pressures the city is facing at this point in time. If you aren't already, you may want to subscribe to our newsletter so you can hear all about the work that Councillor Moise is doing to bring improvements to Ward 13 and the city as a whole. You can find some of our past updates on our website, www.chrismoise.ca. Thanks again for taking the time to write to us. So this wasn't written by Chris Moise himself, rather one but of his staffer, people. Yeah. But yeah. What are your thoughts? It sounds like he's pro changing the name where Pasternak was against it. Yeah. Which is like, I think I would like to have a conversation with, with him on the show just because when it comes to like perception of how we're spending our money versus the reality of how city money is spent, I'm sure we could get a lot of good, good information out of, counselor like counselor boys um because again to us it all just sounds like it's one budget and it's all like it's just money coming out of that budget if it's accounted for i, I would be interested to hear about 
that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And it's my hope to get all the counselors on the show, as we've said last year. Um, just not this time. It won't be for, you know, election related. Right. Right. <laughs> so now we're going to move on to Counselor Robinson. Uh, hi, Matt. Thank you for your email. When the matter was considered by city council last month, Councilor Robinson voted against the motion to rename Young Dundas Square without public consultation. In her remarks, she shared her concerns about the process that brought this matter before city council without any advance notice. While the city is continuing to face significant financial challenges, the city's website clearly stated that a short list of potential names would be shared publicly for community input. Instead of a transparent public engagement process culminating in a staff report, the new name for Young Dundas Square was tabled through a last-minute member motion with no clear reason provided as to why the established process was not followed. Quick pause. Yes. This is, I think this is an incredibly fair point. Um I had also been under the impression that the name change would kind of come up to be more of a public process where it does feel more like the name came out of nowhere and is just like, well, this is what the name is going to be. So I do agree with this part um, where they're mentioning where it does feel as if the name came out of nowhere. And I, I agree with you. Um, it's, I hate to be, um, I hate conspiracy theories. But I really, I really do. However, <laughs> it's almost as if the people that supported Olivia Chow for mayor gave her a deadline, and that she said, I hope not." And she said, "Well, you know, I, I can't get you Dundas Street changed by this date, but here's the square. Here you go." Yeah, because that it's was like, rushed. That? that was rushed. Yeah. I mean, we can agree that it was rushed. Why it was rushed, I guess we'll never know. But I think uh, we can agree that it was rushed because my reaction to the moment of it was, "Oh shit, they're doing it!" Oh fuck! Oh, okay. did you? Were you watching it live? No, but it just it it just it, just, it, just, it caught me off guard because I again, as I kept saying, I thought the reasonable position was right. You know, you can take your time. We can talk yeah. about it, but we just can't do it yet. And apparently, I'm wrong. So the email continues. She was also voted against. She also voted against the renaming of Dundas and Dundas West stations due to the lack of public process and insufficient information about the potential agreement with TMU. Along with the majority of city council, Councillor Robinson voted to pause the renaming of Dundas Street as a whole. Warm regards, Rachel. So again, not not written directly by uh, um, Councillor Robinson, but written by her chief of staff so that's that's good shout out to rachel and everyone else that took time to uh get back to me i really appreciate it okay so now we're going to go to counselor Crisanti. um this is very short it's just saying you know hello mr king Thank you for your recent email for expressing your thoughts on uh, regarding the Dundas Street renaming. We will forward to Councillor Crescenti so he's aware of your comments and invite to your show. Have a great afternoon. I appreciate this email, even though it doesn't address anything that I said. Um, I appreciate people getting back to me. 
any emails that that I get in the next week or two or month or whatever, I'm going to read them on the show. Um, so I, I hope to still hear from the majority of the counselors. Well, as I mentioned to you, Matt, I've sent, you know, emails to counselors and MPs and MPPs and all that. You don't very often get a response. So even a response that's, you know, thank you for reaching out. That's, you know, it's better than nothing. That's absolutely true. And our last counselor, uh, Counselor Sachs, uh, she writes, Hi, Matt, I'll be glad to come on your podcast. Uh, Council has thankfully paused the previous council's expensive decision to rename Dundas Street. No more money will be spent on this idea. I'm going to stop right there because. We're confused, right? (laughs) We paused it. It didn't say we're never doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's not a stop. There's a difference. And I feel like, and this is just me from the right side, apparently, saying that when the time is right, this will walk back in the room. It'll be walked back in the room. Right. And and again, I keep harping on this. You know, Rob Davis did this during the election, the by-election. If they do Dundas Street and they're successful with Dundas Street, you better fucking believe every street that they have a problem with is next. Starting with Young. I listed them earlier. Young, Wellington, Wellesley, Brant. Uh, there was Listen, another one. Once again, they, they start coming after old comer. And, oh, Jarvis. Uh, Jarvis. You got me. Old. You got me under the, t- the go, the old comer go side. You know, you, you go after that. I'm there for you. Will you chain yourself to the old comer sign? Actually, you know, when you say it like that, if they want to cut down the old comer sign, as long as they let me take it, <laughs> you know, do whatever you want. No, no, no. <laughs> I need to I need to stand up for my city. You know, we, we got to stand up for our institutions, including old comer go station. Okay, so the email goes on. The decision whether or what to rename subway stations is a matter for the TTC commission and has not yet come to us. Please stay tuned. I'm going to stop there. So basically the decision to rename them is being put in the hands of Rob Leary, Rick Leary, whatever his name is. (laughs) Rob Leary. So, so a guy we don't like who is overpaid, way overpaid. He makes more than the police chief. He makes double what the mayor makes. Hey, why don't we fund the name change out of his funds? Right. (laughs) <laughs> I want to know where the 21% increase that he, he got came from. Did it come from the city coffers? Did it come from the TTC? Co- oh, actually, TTC doesn't have any coffers. They're broke. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think that came from the city. Fuck. Anyway, uh, it goes on to say, renaming Young Dundas Square will not cost any taxpayer funds as Councillor Moise is paying for the new signs out of a Section 37 funds. Doing so without notice appears to have been a personal initiative of the mayor. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. Be very interesting to ask about this, if we can get our good friend now, Councillor Saxon. You know, I, I, I had her on during the 2022 election on my other show. So I'd love to hear what she has to say. I want to hear, I want to get a list together. It's really easy. All the counselors that have Dundas Street in their ward. Okay. 
I'd love to start with them and then we'll go out. Uh, and Dundas Square specifically, that is Toronto Center, right? That's that's uh I believe so. I believe so. Uh okay, so it it uh it it continues. The library apparently had already earmarked earmarked uh, uh, the small cost of its new sign once it chooses a new name. As to rooming houses, municipal licensing and standards is bringing two major reports to planning and housing committee next month, one of which is partly based on my work last year. I hope this helps. And then she signs off Dr. Diane Sachs. Is she a doctor? Yes. How did I not know that? I forgot that. I did know <laughs> that, but I forgot it. Um, so interesting different points of view i'd love to know i'd love to ask her about the section 37 funds yeah i feel like i wonder if those are the um they're supposed to be the funds that you use for uh constituency uh like accessibility i wonder if that's what that is i mean again if we happen to get counselor saxon we can ask her about that very specifically so any final thoughts on this before I, I move on? I had a, a point that I was making at the beginning that I'm going to wrap it up in a nice little bow, but I wanted to get anything you wanted to say before I do that. I I think I would like to hear, uh, again, hopefully they'll respond. I'd like to hear from some counselors who are pushing for the name change. I'd like to hear what they have to say. I mean, but the short list of that, isn't that uh, Councillor Morley, Councillor Myers? Um, you would think Councillor Moist, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, honestly. Well, and I would say, and I would say honestly, Councillor Moist's thought, response I, was I, I, in support of. Exactly. And I, I would have thought Councillor Sachs as well, but obviously not. Councillor Malik would be in support. Let's, let's be honest. It seems all the, and I hate to say this, but all the NDP leaning... Uh, um, they're not candidates, but uh, uh, um, what's the word <laughs> I'm looking for? Uh, counselors. No, no, but they're lean. I guess they lean towards the NDP. No, I echo what you're saying. Yeah, all of them. No, I did not hear from your boys. Sons of bitches. No Bradford. No Holiday. Oh, and and no Burnside. Well. You Admittedly, with the Bradford, I, I think we, I think I might have burned the bridge on that one. That's okay. You still have burned. <laughs> you still have Burnside. You adopted him. He's your boy. <laughs> he is my dad's counselor. Wow. Was your quick thought? What did your dad think of uh, Counselor Burnside? If you're allowed to say. Um, I think he's okay with them. Like oh, he okay. went to some sort of community consultation. Uh, about something to do with street parking that my dad had a problem with. You know the the minutia of the what the city has to deal with. Now, since rooming houses have been here before they were legalized, we all know they have been. Why can't the city um, incentivize the landlords of the rooming houses to? I I, I guess it would be taking in. The homeless people, whether it's one person to a room or two people to a room, help them get on their feet, whether that means they get assistance or they start looking for a job. They have somewhere to sleep. They don't have to sleep outside. They can start to and I and I hate to use the word normalize their lives, 
but getting to like a a normal routine, I guess, would be the yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the the right phrase. Um, I mean, it's not that it's like it's not that I feel like you have to be careful with how you phrase things because the truth is, a big part of the the slippery slope of kind of losing everything is you lose hope. Absolutely. Is As, there is there is there a, a not for profit out there? That could step up and take, you know, municipal funds or 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 provincial funds or even federal funds, and and run with this and incentivize rooming house landlords to take on, because there's got to be there's a lot of, like, from personal experience when I was looking for a place, I looked for two bedrooms, one bedrooms, and a lot of rooming houses. There's a lot out there. I don't want to hear this bullshit. There's nowhere to live. There is. If and by the city incentivizing the landlords, that means, hey, you know, lower the fucking rent. Make yeah. it about four or five hundred dollars a month. <laughs> they can afford that because uh, the, the, the province will give them social assistance and they'll be able to afford that monthly cost. No, nobody can fucking afford, you know, for example, Fifteen to hundred to two thousand in rent when you're renting a normal apartment. That's why you start in a rooming house, you get your feet on the ground, and then you move up once you've gained employment or you're going to school or you know fill in the blank. It, you know, like couldn't the city shelter funds go so much further if they were paying market rents? I, you know what, that would be something to look into because, I mean the the. <sighs> I just feel like we as a city and even individual people such as you and myself, we could be doing more to help these people. Look at, look at everything we have. We have this podcast, which means we both need to have computers, microphones. We pay internet, and obviously we pay for the roof over our head. These people don't even have a roof over their head. It's fucking winter. It just snowed tonight. What the fuck is these people are suffering for no reason other than they have so no true. money and nobody cares. The federal government doesn't care. Fuck Justin Trudeau. The provincial government doesn't care. Fuck Doug Ford. And the municipal government would rather spend $13 million to change Dundas Street than put homeless people, put a roof over homeless people's houses. Olivia Chow. You know what? I might work with you one day, so I'm not going to say what I was going to say, but you know what I was going to say. <laughs> Anything you want to add on that? I it just it does make me wonder. Like obviously I know things are involved when we give when we pay money into shelter systems, but and I can I can already kind of see where the issue would come from of like trying to get landlords on board with uh renting out to uh, homeless individuals. But I do kind of feel like that might make better use of city funds. A tax kickback would, yeah. would incentivize yeah, yeah, yeah. them. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, even start at like six months of, you know, they get the rent paid for, maybe they land on their feet and can, you know, start contributing on. I don't know. It's, it's not the perfect system, but it's like people, People need help to start. I think that's like the big thing that a lot of people don't realize. And if the city could help people get started, 
I think that would go a long way. I absolutely agree with you. You know, and, and I've said this for a long time. If we help these people, we help them get a roof over their head. They can work on their next part of it, maybe getting a job. And if they get a job, they become a taxpayer. That's more money for all three levels of government. I don't understand what the problem is. One hand washes the other. I can see it clearly, and I'm saying it, so they must see it. I I don't know. They must. It must. It, it's kind of like the Israel-Palestine thing, to go back there for a minute. The simplest answer, is it is it too simplistic? The idea of supporting the homeless, getting roof over their head, that's too simplistic. No, we got to go and fuck it up. <laughs> I don't, I just don't get it. I don't get it. And then, you know, I don't know where every encampment is, but there are wards that don't, I would say don't have encampments. Like, for example, and correct me if I'm wrong at any time, I don't claim to say that what I'm saying is above everyone else. But I don't believe that there's any encampments in Ward 1. And I would probably say the same for Ward 2 and possibly Ward 3. Now, I know there's a bunch of um, encampments in in 4. I think next to 4 is, is, is 10. No. I don't know. I, I, I don't have the map in front of me. But um, obviously... i mostly downtown focused. Mostly downtown focused. Well, there's the problem. You're not going to find, you might find rooming houses downtown. I, I take that back. But most of your rooming houses are probably going to be in the suburbs. Um, it's worth it to me to see if we can actually solve a problem. So, I mean, I'm going to continue to reach out to counselors. I'm going to continue to email them. I'll share their emails on the podcast. I'll give you my thoughts. Phil will give you his thoughts. And We'll see what we can do with this problem because, again, it's fucking winter. It just snowed. I went outside. It was freezing. I can't imagine spending the night outside. And and to think that people have to do it because they have no choice, it fucking infuriates me. <sighs> Anything you wanted to say before we uh, sign off of here, Phil? I think I think we did a good show, and I think... I think we knocked it out of the park. I think we're back, baby. We are back. It's 2024. Get ready. We're going to have a lot of interviews. They're not going to be election focused because the election is not till 2026. Um, so we're going to be delving right into the issues. We're going to talk about homelessness. We're going to talk about drug use. We're going to talk about safe injection sites. We're going to talk about the motherfucking budget and what is there. And what should be there and what should not be there. Um, Phil and I are, are, I know we promised this last year, but we got tied up with the by-election and all that kind of shit. We are going to sit down and we are going to debate each other on the police budget. I'm going to drop one and he's going to drop one. It's obviously going to be hypothetical particulars. And we're going to just, we're going to go at each other because... He has one position and I have another. And 
there are points I think we'll be able to meet in the middle, but there's still, you know, a lot to talk about. And I can't wait to do that with him or with you. I'm talking like you're not even fucking here. <laughs> Sorry. I'm about listening. That. Nah, nah, I'm good. I'm here. I'm listening. So 2024 is going to be the year of the municipals. I, I firmly believe that. So, you know, thank you guys so much for watching. We're going to be every other week for now. Um, maybe starting in April will be weekly. We'll see how it goes. Uh, just Phil and I have some, some life stuff to figure out and we're going to get on that. But in between, you can catch us on Twitter. We'll be available and we'll be tweeting. I know Phil does a lot of that. But uh, just thank you guys. Thank you for the engagement. Thank you for asking questions. Thank you for sending emails. Thank you to the counselors for sending emails. And we hope to have you on the show again. And so for Phil, thank you guys so much. And we will see you next time on the Municipals with a brand new episode. And welcome to another jam-packed edition of the Municipals. Rising taxes are probably a reality. I'm a big advocate of change. Not change for change's sake. Change when something isn't working. I'm sure the NDP wishes that they had a less embarrassing federal partner to work with right now. Don't vote, can't pitch. The moment we go to an election is the end of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau.